This is the Ambassadors to Babylon podcast. I am your host, Jason Small. Welcome to episode eight, Handling Heartbreak. We are citizens of God's kingdom currently living in man's world. We are ambassadors to Babylon. Time heals all wounds, or so, that's how the expression goes. When I was in sixth grade, I was being a goofy sixth grade boy and trying to show off for the girl I liked at the time. I was jumping around, skipping around her deck, and I remember saying something to the effect, watch this jump. Well, that jump ended with my left shin sliding down the edge of her deck and ripping the top layer of skin off. Her brother was with us, younger, and her and I looked at my shin in disbelief, saw the edge of the deck, saw a clump of skin and hair, and my leg just had a white flat spot. No blood, no nothing. That was weird. Well, that changed, and the blood came. It bled all over, down my sock, down my leg, all over the deck. Uh, bleeding stopped. Eventually, it scabbed over. Unfortunately, it almost became infected, and it almost required a surgery. Finally, the wound completely healed up. And guess what I still have on my left shin to this day? About a four-inch scar. So yes, time did heal that wound, but it left a very large scar. During a football game my junior season, I broke my left wrist. For those of you who are really smart medically, I chipped a piece of my onostyloid off while making a tackle. One of my teammates came in for the assist, and unfortunately their helmet hit the edge of my wrist. I sat out for a week, but I ended up playing the rest of that season with a broken wrist. I played my basketball season as well and dealt with the pain. Once spring hit, I ended up having surgery on my wrist. And believe it or not, even to this day, I still have some pins and wires keeping that ulna styloid attached. If you push on the outside of my left wrist, you can feel the bump, you can feel the pins, you can feel the wires. Over 20 years ago, which by the way is insane to say out loud that my high school football playing days is over 20 years ago, but I digress. But if I still move my wrist in just a certain way, there is still some very significant pain there. 99% of the time, my wrist is completely normal. To fix that wrist, it required surgery, and occasionally I still get that pain. A reminder that an injury 20 years old is still calling me pain. So yes, time mostly healed that wound. One more injury from my youth. I was five years old. I was out back on our swing set during a hot summery day. We were very sophisticated. So I had our yard sprinkler pointed to me on the swing set. I was swinging, just getting, you know, cooling off, being cool. And apparently when you put water on a plastic seat on a swing, it becomes very slick and at the top of the apex of my swing i slid right off landed and broke my ulna and my radius on my left arm i still remember the doctor's name that helped my arm dr bagantos had my cast for six weeks and boom that arm was all better so out of the three different injuries i shared with you this one was probably the most severe however as ironic as it may be this is the one that i definitely do not have any scars pain, or any sort of lagging effects from it. Time absolutely healed that wound. So yes, as I just shared, time heals wounds. Sometimes they completely heal with no sign they ever happened. Sometimes they heal and leave you with a scar as a reminder. Yet other times, despite 
surgical intervention, a wound experienced a very long time ago still causes pain. Emotional and spiritual wounds, our heartbreaks, are the same way. Some heartbreaks occur and they deeply hurt for a season. We've all been there. Eventually, we recover. Other heartbreaks occur and we never seem to recover. We think we do, but then all of a sudden, you're on a drive home on an innocuous Wednesday afternoon after work and you have to pull off of the side of the highway because you're crying so hard, eyes, water is in your eyes, and you can't feel like you can't navigate traffic safely. That happened to me five months after my wife and I had a miscarriage in December of 2016. One other emotional wound that I am navigating right now that I'm gonna share with you guys and I will share throughout this podcast. Earlier this year, we had a foster child abruptly and recklessly return to their bio parent after she was with us for nine months. No warning. No logical reason why a judge should have made the decision that day to pull that child from our home. The decision was made and this beautiful little girl, who I loved just like she was mine, was gone. As I prep for this podcast and as I'm saying these words right now, tears are welling up in my eyes. I can barely talk about this baby girl without getting choked up. And to be honest, I'm not sure this wound will ever fully heal. I think about this little girl every day. I pray for her in earnest every single day. It still hurts that I don't get to hug her and have her sit on my lap and get to play with her. So I shared my wounds, both physically and emotional, to show that we all have them. We all encounter heartbreak in some shape, form, or fashion during our lives. Unfortunately, we can thank our distant brothers, Adam and sisters, Eve, for allowing sin to enter the world. Heartbreak was never part of God's original intent for this world. But it's here now. So how can we handle our heartbreak so it doesn't cripple our lives? Before we dig into how to handle handle heartbreaks, I have a couple rules for us. But first, I want to make it clear I am using the word heartbreak intentionally. I don't want to use the word tragedy. I don't want to use the word travesty, any sort of those words. Heartbreak is heartbreak, right? I'm going to dig in a little bit why I chose that word. Rule number one of this conversation is don't compare your heartbreak to someone else's. If it is an emotional wound for you, if you're hurting, then it's valid. Then it is absolutely unequivocally an emotional wound. If it is soul crushing and emotionally heavy for you, then it is. For example, as I shared, my wife and I lost a pregnancy in December of 2016. And I'm grateful to say it was early in our pregnancy. I do think that made it a little more easier to emotionally recover from that. It still was really hard, but it was early. I happened to have a very close personal friend who had a stillborn baby at full term. I can't imagine that pain. And many would argue that that wound, that hurt, that heartbreak is a deeper wound, something harder to overcome. And I might just agree with that. You might just be right. However, when I am recovering during an emotional loss like a miscarriage, trying to make that comparison is a completely worthless exercise. It helps no one, serves no benefit, it won't help you recover. Trying to downgrade your heartache versus someone else's is useless. Your heartaches and losses are yours, so they are valid. Don't minimize your heartbreak just because someone else around you may be experiencing something much worse, i.e. something you think is worse. Don't ever question if you're allowed to feel heartbroken. You absolutely are. Rule number two, ignore the popular preachers, in quotes there, preachers, influencers and authors that present the idea that the good life is void of struggles 
brokenness, and heartbreak. The reality is that is not achievable this side of heaven, period. Those who claim to preach on the behalf of Christ and share that nonsense are false teachers. They are the worst kind of false teachers. They draw people in in the hopes of living a simpler life. They're just lying. I, I'm going to digress. Sorry. Let me get back on track. There are amazing characters of godly men and women in the Bible who experience the worst of trials and sorrows. Don't believe me? Go to the Old Testament, flip to the book of Job, and read his story. And then come back and tell me sometimes bad stuff just happens. Don't get me wrong. It sucks. It isn't easy. But it happens. John 16.33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. There it is from Jesus himself. We're going to have trials and sorrows. Along with that, don't believe you are being punished if you're going through a hard time. Don't dwell on the why me mindset. There are very many reasons biblically why bad stuff can happen. And honestly, sometimes one of those reasons is life on earth is just really, really hard and really not fair. I wish I had some smart thing to share, but that is just the way it is. Sometimes life is just really hard and not fair. Now that we've accepted those truths, you're probably thinking, well, that doesn't really help me navigate my heartache there, Jason. Still experiencing heartbreak. Those truths, yeah, they're true, I agree. That doesn't help. Here are three steps that I am going to encourage you to take. If you experience heartbreak or you have some heartbreak in your past you haven't yet dealt with. Step number one, acknowledge it. Step number two, grow from it. And step number three, share it. Step number one, acknowledge your heartbreak. No reason to try to avoid it. No reason to downplay. If you are heartbroken, sad, devastated, lost, you have to be willing to admit it to yourself and those closest to you. Saying the words out loud, I am really sad, or I am heartbroken, or this isn't fair, or I don't know how I'm going to overcome this, can be very powerful and freeing for you. In my story I shared at the start of this podcast about my foster daughter, I pretended to be fine for a while. After all, part of the gig of volunteering to be a foster parent was you have kids come into your home, you love them deeply for a season, and then they leave. That's what the job entailed. This little girl wasn't mine. She wasn't my child. But how could I possibly be heartbroken about her going home to her mom? After all, that was a goal my wife and I set out in foster care. We love the kids for a season until they get to go home to mom and dad. I played all these emotional and mental gymnastics for weeks that crept into months. Yes, I was sad but acknowledging how deeply I was heartbroken didn't happen. And once I did, that's what allowed me to start my healing process. As for you and whatever heartbreak you may be dealing with or wound you haven't allowed to fully heal, acknowledge that the heartbreak happened. Just acknowledge it. Say it out loud. Call it out. Allow yourself to be sad. Many times people dealing with heartbreak will say, it's all part of God's plan. I'm going to say something here that may offend some folks. I'm okay with that. I believe that to be one of the most unequivocally laziest church sayings people use. It is not always absolutely part of God's plan. I don't know how some people can actually believe that. Show me in the Bible that everything bad that happens is part of God's plan. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes bad stuff 
in our eyes is allowed to happen. God allows it. See James 1, the first eight verses. I know that. But to say every time something bad happens, something that causes someone's soul to be crushed or heart to be broken is part of God's plan is not true. Back to my original point. When heartbreak occurs, simply acknowledge it. Men, all of us, particularly fathers and husbands, we have this weird ingrained sense that we can never show certain emotions to our families. However, we're very comfortable showing anger, frustration, or even disappointment in our kids and spouses. What would happen if we showed them our fear, sadness, distress, or heartbreak? And this is going to floor some folks, or even, heaven forbid, what if we cried in front of our kids? Particularly our sons. Our young boys need to see their daddies show sadness. They need to see their daddies weep. They need to see it's okay not to always be okay. That it's okay to not always be the super strong pillar and have it all together all the time. Don't get me wrong. Us as fathers and husbands can't be just beside ourselves and able to function. That's different than being sad and showing emotion. We need to be able to show our spouses and our kids our emotions. Here is something I personally struggled with being heartbroken. It's okay for us to have full faith in Jesus and still be heartbroken at the same time. It is such a strange dichotomy being sad, but yet still balancing the idea that I fully trust Jesus. If I'm sad, does that mean I'm struggling to trust Jesus? That's the question I ask myself. It, if I'm sad because of this thing happening, does that, not, does that mean my faith is simply too weak? What does the Bible have to say about this? Two passages I'm going to share. There are more, but here are the two that stick out to me. From the Old Testament, Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And Jesus himself in response to the grieving sisters of Lazarus. John 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus wept fully knowing he was getting ready to raise Lazarus from a tomb he had been in for four days. So much so, I re the story, if I recall it correctly, his sister actually asked him not to roll away the stone because of the smell. Jesus going there knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he still wept in comfort with those sisters. He didn't admonish the sisters and those around them to stop being sad because Jay Lazarus was going to be joining them again soon. He chose to wept with them. He chose to be sad. It is fully biblical to be brokenhearted. Acknowledge it. Allow yourself to be brokenhearted. And in order to do step number two, you've got to acknowledge it. So step number two, grow from it. And I say grow from it, fully being aware this will feel impossible when you are in the valley of despair. No doubt about it. When you are going through the deep trauma, the immediate trauma of a heartbreak, that is not the time to grow from it. I'm going to give you a metaphor here. In my former life as an army soldier, we were taught what is called, maybe it was called, maybe they've changed it, but it was called at the time, Combat Lifesaver. Basically, we were taught how to administer life-saving, or maybe more accurately put, life-prolonging medical treatment in the event one of our brothers or sisters needed it during combat. We were just taught how to prolong the life of a wounded person until they could get into the hands of a medical professional. First, a combat medic, second, an army doctor. The two things I remember doing the most is how to administer a tourniquet properly and how to start an IV. Ironically enough, when we, we actually got to uh, put the IVs into each other going through the class, 
and a bunch of tough guy army dudes were really squeamish when blood started to uh, happen because, you know, we weren't professionals. We didn't know what we were doing. We would try to set an IV and a lot of dudes would get some blood on their arms or on their towels and a lot of guys didn't really like that. Interesting. But anyway, side note, back on track here. So our skills that we learned in that training weren't meant to heal wounds. They were simply to prolong life to get the wounded soldier to the right person. I share that story to say, make sure you are to the point in your heartbreak that you are emotionally ready to grow from it. If you are still in that combat lifesaver portion of your heartbreak journey, that is not the time to grow. That is a time to grieve and mourn and be very sad. They weren't teaching us physical therapy techniques in that combat lifesaver course. They were showing us how to keep people alive. And when you're going to, when you're deep in the throes of heartbreak, that's what it's going to feel like. You just want to stay alive. So the time to grow from heartbreak is after that initial trauma has subsided and you feel at least stabilized. And I want to share this piece of truth with everybody. Whatever trial you are enduring is not necessarily a trial or a test specifically designed for you to grow. It can be, it could be, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. But here is a really big but. All situations of heartbreak and trauma can be used for growth. Not all sad things, tragedies are on purpose designed for growth, but they can be used for growth. John, I'm sorry, not John. I don't know why I said John. James 1 verses 2 and 3 say, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Let me give an example from my own personal life of where during the throes of my trauma, my heartbreak, I couldn't do anything to grow. But afterwards, we did. Our miscarriage story. December of 2016, we my wife was unexpectedly sick a couple weeks earlier, um, throwing up. We thought she had food poisoning while there. We unexpectedly found out we were pregnant. The pregnancy last only lasted that we knew of, that we were in loop on two to three weeks, and then uh, baby was gone. We never heard a heartbeat. A lot of signs pointed to the fact that it was a baby girl. Just feelings, and our oldest daughter threw, drew a picture of mommy and daddy, her, her brother, with a baby sister. So lots of things pointed to that. For the longest time, I couldn't help anybody grow. I couldn't grow from that. But since, after healing, got out of the deep throes of the trauma, I've done a lot in the world since that hurt and have used that hurt. We've become foster parents. We've adopted. We've talked and shown and helped other folks become foster parents. So we use that story to grow. We chose to use that as a growing tool. Back to that James verse 1, 2, and 3. That verse is not hard I'm sorry, that verse is not easy to stomach if I'm being very transparent. So you're telling me I'm supposed to experience great joy in the middle of a heartbreak. That is super impossible for me to mentally grasp. I truly, truly and sincerely wish God didn't have to use those methods for our growth. I'm honest, I bet he wishes he didn't have to use those methods for our growth. But his word is truth. And he loves us too much to allow us not to grow. To take an example from the Apostle Paul, he uses the analogy that our life is like a race. In 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27, 
Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets surprised? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Any of us who have ever trained for a race, we know that the training at times really, really, really sucks. I personally have ran two half marathons in my life, my first and my last. Training for that run was not fun at all. The funny thing about that run is I wasn't training to win the dang thing. I was simply training so I didn't die and I could finish and not embarrass myself. Talking about heartbreak, seeing that we should grow from it, what I'm about to share actually scares me even more. Just like running and physically training, if I grow during my heartbreak, that means I should be capable of enduring even more. So I've gone through heartbreak. God's taught me things. I've grown. So that now means my growing during my heartbreak, I'm becoming more and more like Jesus through a process called sanctification. Like I started with right here, my humanity loathes this idea. It scares me. I don't necessarily want to have to endure hard times to become more like Jesus. However, if I keep my eyes on eternity like I should as a Christian, becoming more and more like Jesus should be my goal so that I can love and serve those around me more like Jesus. And dwelling on that, pausing there, thinking about being more like Jesus and being able to love and serve those around me better, that brings a smile to my face. I don't like the methods at all, but I like the end result. God loves us too much to not allow us to grow and become more like him. And to conclude my point number two about growing from heartbreak, you have a choice on how to handle this. You can choose to grow from your heartbreak or you can choose to be destroyed by your heartbreak. Many tragedies will change the course of your life. That part we don't get to choose. We're going to have tragedies and they're going to change the path we are on. However, we can make the choice of which new path we're going to take. We can acknowledge our heartbreak and grow from our heartbreak, or we can ignore it and allow it to wreck us. The choice is ours. To the last point, step number three, step number one, acknowledge your heartbreak. Step number two, grow from your heartbreak. And the last step, step number three, share your heartbreak. You've acknowledged it. You've grown from it. Share it with others. You never know how your story will impact someone else. Okay, here's a couple of my stories that have impacted folks. We had a miscarriage back in December of 2016. It took time, as I've shared, but I acknowledge it and grew from it. That loss launched us into becoming foster parents. My friend I shared about at the beginning of this podcast, having that stillborn baby at full term, used that tragedy to raise money to purchase a device called a cuddle cot that allows families in that same situation time to grieve their horrific loss. I'm so proud of my friend and his wife, what they've done with this tragedy. They could have chosen to ignore it and not help others, but that's not what they chose. They chose to serve others through their heartbreak. All of us have personal situations that can be used to teach others, help them navigate life, and to serve them. We should share both to help us talk through our struggles and show us to be not perfect and to help others realize they're not on an island. 
a lot of times we get into dark states because we think we're the only one struggling with X, Y, and Z. We're the only one to have experienced X, Y, and Z. When others share, that comforts folks. It's a way we can grow community with one another and learn to lean on others for help. People don't have to endure the same hardship as you in order to learn from it. Romans 12, verse 4 and 5 says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. To conclude, handling heartbreak is extremely hard, and heartbreak looks very different for each one of us. So using my wife and I's miscarriage to walk you through this process, the steps I just detailed, here's how it looked for me. Step number one, acknowledge my heartbreak. I had to acknowledge how badly I was hurting from that miscarriage. Mentally for me, it was really hard to grasp how an eight-week pre-born baby girl could cause so much sadness for me. I'd only known her for about two or three weeks like I shared. How can this cause me so much pain? I finally realized it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it logically made sense. At that point for me, all that mattered is that I was hurting. I surrendered my pain and sorrow and confessed it that it was a real thing. Next, I grew from that heartbreak. Here are some of the positives that have come due to our growth from that tragedy, as I've shared. Multiple families have become foster parents. To date, as of today, we fostered 10 kiddos. We've adopted one. My youngest daughter is adopted through foster care, and our current foster baby is most likely to become small number four. Without the acceptance of our loss and our willingness to grow, where would those 10 kiddos have went and where would our daughter be now? Some would suggest that we were all just a part of God's plan, that that miscarriage God planned out. I don't believe that for a second. I do believe that God can use the worst of tragedies for good and that's what he did in our situation and He that's what he does in so many situations consistently. With all that I've been saying, with everything that is said, please make sure you realize I'm not saying heartbreak doesn't hurt. It still hurt. It desperately hurts. Some heartbreak you encounter will never allow you to be the same again. Perhaps you weren't ever meant to be the same. The whole idea of us be getting back to normal is a wrong idea. Scars and memories will always remain. Sadly, our time on earth will continue to be littered with disappointment, heartbreak, and tragedy. There is a time to come when all this will pass. In our future, if you love Lord Jesus, we all know there's a paradise that waits for us where we will no longer have tears, we will no longer have sorrow, heartbreak won't even be a memory, it'll be gone. My prayer for you and me is that we can keep our eyes fixed on eternal affairs, especially during our hardest of days. Call to action for this week. This is specifically for the guys. What tragedy or heartbreak have you been unwilling to even acknowledge in your life? Identify that heartbreak this week and start your three-step journey. Acknowledging your heartbreak, growing from your heartbreak, and sharing your heartbreak. I would love for you to join Social Media Family. Links will be in the show notes. My Twitter is ambs underscore 2babylon. ambs underscore 2babylon. If you go to the show notes, I'll have it hyperlinked. Same for my Facebook, Ambassadors 2babylon. That one's a lot easier. And my email is ambassadors2babylon at gmail.com. Now go be doers of the word.